Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Community is a Verb. My name is Connor Kaysen, your co-host here at CIAV. And next to me, via the powers of the internet, is my dashing co-host, Mr. Well-Traveled. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. I, uh, so dashing, that's the new one. I haven't heard that. So well, one, I like that. I one of my that. early memories of you, Mr. Well-Traveled, when we, when we first started hanging out in person, is you were just always... You presented yourself so well all the time. You just always looked so clean and well-kept. And I'm not really like a clean, well-kept kind of person. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm a t-shirt and, and pants and tennis shoes kind of person. And so uh, I always kind of look at you as this, this uh, high standard of just being a, a well-kept gentleman. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I, oh, that's very, very kind of you to say. I, I don't necessarily feel that way these days. I don't, I don't dress up anymore. I don't go anywhere. So, um, but thank you. That, that's, that's very kind. Well, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I mean, it's been a crazy week, right? Another crazy week in the world. Well, a lot happened. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the focus of this week's show. And so I want to pass it off to you. How about you? Give us a little rundown on what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so this week we'll talk about the trending hashtag Stop Asian Hate. And I was really interested in having this discussion with you because, you know, I noticed it a lot on my uh, Instagram feed this week. And I thought to myself, this is a topic we haven't covered before. Uh, there definitely has been a rise in Asian hate crime since the start of the pandemic. And in this week in particular, there was a mass shooting in Atlanta that uh, I think just... Um, you know, impacted us all. America was rocked by another mass killing this week when at least eight people were killed in shootings at three massage parlors in Atlanta. The suspect in the deadly Atlanta area shooting spree telling police he was motivated by a sex addiction. 21-year-old Robert Long charged with killing eight people in three separate massage parlors last night, six of them Asian women. Long telling police, though, that race was not a factor. He claims that these, and as the chief said, we know this is still early, but he does claim that it was not racially motivated. He apparently has an issue, uh, what he considers a, a sex fiction, and sees these locations as something that allows him to, to, um, to go to these places, and, and it's a temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. We should be treating hate crimes as such, and make no mistake, these women were targeted on the basis of their race. Some of these incidents were not treated as hate crimes, and that's unacceptable. The people in the Asian American community know that we are being targeted. When you saw that, what were your what were your first thoughts? I mean, it it was just scary. Uh, one of the first things, or not one of the first things, but later as we've been thinking about it and and reading more about it, is you know what's really sad is I, we I kind of got used to not seeing shootings in America. Mm -hmm. Um, and it felt like this last year, there was just a lot less shootings and, and to see it again is, is just like a heartbreaking thing of a, a turn of reality of, uh, the pandemic slowly coming to an end and, and everyone kind of hopefully returning back to reality. And then this happens and it's so sad and terrible. And to see it just be at different places, like this punk, like really intentionally went to these different places and and shot his guts. It's just absolutely horrific and terrifying and incredibly traumatic for so many people. It was very sad uh, to 
wake up, I think it was on Wednesday morning, and just start to see the outpouring of messages of, of people who are genuinely uh, who are just grieving about people they don't know, but they see themselves in these people who who passed away, or they see their parents, or they see their friends, um, and and that's incredibly sad. And, and so, something to start off the show is I want to recognize the eight people who passed away this week in the shooting in Atlanta. Um, so I'll do my best to pronounce their names. Uh, but there's Delena, Ashley, Juan, Paul, Andre, Michaels. Zhao Ji Tan, Dae Yo Fang, Soon Chung Park, Hyun Jung Grant, Soon Cha Kim, Young A Yu, and the one survivor who was shot is Elsius Hernandez Ortiz. And uh, our hearts go out to all the families, all the victims, everyone involved, their coworkers, right? everyone in that community who is going to be dramatically impacted with this, like our hearts go out to those people who um, just can't imagine what it's like to be them right now, to go through this horrific event, this national news breaking event and have to deal with uh, their grief and their trauma while uh, kind of the whole country is, is mourning this whole situation. It's just, uh, it was really sad. And uh, you know, I, I, as, uh, I, I barely know how to express it. It's just a, a, yeah. a sad thing to see happen in america again yeah i i agree with you and in watching the news over the course of the week for me i was trying to understand what was being um displayed right so there was a a, a narrative that started at, with this is a an asian hate crime and then over the course of the week you could see a very different sort of tug of war over this narrative that, well, was it really a hate crime? And so now there are folks who are debating whether or what, what is a hate crime and who qualifies as a, a victim of a hate crime. And then you had news sources um, running with some of the remarks of, I believe it was a, 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 an officer uh, during a press conference who said the, the shooter just had a bad day. Yeah. And and so you you see all of these things and sort of this 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 way of almost I, I don't know um, trying to qualify what happened in a in a in a in a way that's well it's not quite a hate crime or maybe question maybe not qualify maybe question what's happened what happened as you know is it really a hate crime or is or is it just that he had a bad day or um, I think there were other. Um, other comments around his motive that seem to question the, the nature of, of of the type of crime. But if 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 you look at this just on the face of it, it was a mass shooting. It was a planned attack, and the majority of the victims were Asian. And I think that that's that's important. And and the shooter was a white male, and I think that that's important. I think also what it revealed, though, for for many people is that there are some inadequacies, right, in the law and in the way in which we talk about hate crimes. And Daniel Day Kim, the actor that we know, testified before Congress this week, and he talked about not just uh, the nature of these crimes, but the fact that these are not new, that they're, they've been escalating. And there are a lot of other names we don't know, and there are a lot of other situations that haven't received um, as as much attention. And he actually started his testimony with that. Vichara Tanapati murdered. 
Paco murdered. Noel Quintana face slashed with a blade from ear to ear. An 89-year-old woman set on fire. Tadataka Ono, a professional jazz pianist beaten so badly he can no longer play piano. And now seven Asian people shot dead in Georgia two days ago, six of whom were women. These are only a few of the 3,800 reported incidents since last March. So for me, when I heard the intro to uh, Daniel Day Kim's testimony, I, I was, I think, just really moved and heartbroken by the severity of these attacks. I mean, there, there really were some very serious attacks that I had not heard about. And so it also makes me think about uh, news coverage and whose stories are being told. Why Why hadn't I heard about those? Why weren't those all over, over the news in the past year? And I think it was a great way to remind folks that there's more to know and we need to really elevate uh, hate crimes in a different way to make sure that we have an opportunity to address them. Yeah, I, to I totally agree. One of the statistics I know he points out was uh, from the Stop AAPI Hate National Report was between March 19th and February 28th. So this isn't even including what's happened this month of March, uh, which includes the shooting. But there were third, almost 3,800 reports of anti-Asian hate incidences in the country, um, a lot of them happening in California. I think almost half of those happened in California. And uh, some, some statistics I looked specifically here in Seattle and King County, King County alone prosecuted 59 hate crimes against Asians, uh, Asian Americans in 2020. Uh, and that was an increase from 39 cases the year before. So I mean, almost double what happened this past year, uh, which is just horrific, especially considering that uh, the cities were shut down. And so many people were inside and the social dynamics weren't happening. Uh, but uh, but also maybe that separation of people being inside uh, create, created more of an opportunity for these hateful people to uh, take advantage specifically of uh, elderly people. And it's it, how do you not correlate the uh, last four years political with the president and the words that were expressed dealing with coronavirus um, and trying to place blame specifically on China for COVID-19 and how it spread across America, which we've just, in my opinion, handled so poorly, Had how we handled it had nothing to do with China. Um, it was kind of our own fault on how we were dealing with this. And that has led to an increased um, problem here happening with the, with these hate crimes. And, and I'm not really sure where I'm going with this, but 30, I mean, 3,800 reported incidences, how, how many happened that weren't reported, right? Yeah. From things that were said to people. Um, it's just, it, it's scary. It's extremely scary. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's, that's what, if there's anything, I mean, there's nothing positive out of a situation like this, but if there's anything that, that you know, we can take away is that, we're not looking um, at hate crimes in the right way. We're not Correct. focused on them enough. And I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative for the organizations and the individuals who are stepping forward and, and making sure that we, we know. 
I think what's um, also hard for me, though, when I when I hear numbers like that, right, that it, it, it doesn't allow me to really get a sense of who the people were. Right. We, yeah. we, we we hear the number. We hear the crime. We hear what type of um, incident either they happened to them or took their lives and then they become reduced to a hashtag. Uh, they become reduced to uh, a statistic. Uh, they become reduced to the way they died, not the way they lived. And uh, oftentimes we don't even get a name. Um, and so I, I, I appreciate that you took the time in our show to to say the names of the victims of uh, this week's mass shooting. Um, I, I think that's really that's probably the harder part for me that I, I often wonder when I hear these numbers, who, who, who are who are the people who are behind these numbers? I know that they are people's parents and grandparents and friends and brothers and sisters and 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 members of the community. So they have they have value. And I think that's part of recognizing their their humanity. Right. And we, we, exactly. we talk about these same issues when we talk about, you know, um, hate crimes against black people or hate crimes against um, Latinos or immigrant groups. And and I think sometimes that's what gets lost for me. And, mm -hmm. I, and I want I want more of that. I want I want to also remember that individuals for who who they are and or, and who with the life that they live. Yeah, I think you make a great point uh, on both just about how we are using our language to identify these situations. And saying it's a bad day is just horrific, right? Because it, it clearly wasn't just a bad day, right? That That is covering up so much more. And it's important for whether it's two individuals like us or a conversation you're having with a friend that you're a little bit more explicit with your language about uh, hate crime in general, right? This was an attack specifically against a specific group of people because of their race. Um, and, and you could say, moving forward, when you're having these conversations, whether it's their race or the religion or um, their sexual orientation, all those things, right, like contributed and, and are a major factor on why these attacks happened. And we got to we got to be more explicit with these conversations, because I think having those conversations is how we uh, create a better world. Right. And how hopefully we can create change. So th things like these don't happen in the future. Yeah, I agree with that. So, so, so Connor, um, you know, this week I was on Instagram a lot and I was on, I was on your page and I, I got to see, uh, you know, that you are celebrating your one year anniversary. And so congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so this time last year you were in Thailand and you were getting married. Uh, it was an interesting thing to see that uh, 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 sort of the contrast, right? That this is a very happy and, and important moment in your life. And this was a really hard week for the Asian American community. Um, how how did that affect you this week and and all of the the things you wanted to do to celebrate? Yeah, uh, the, the contrast with what was happening, combining that with this... Uh, Thai traditional wedding that I had last year was was very interesting, just like dealing with the conflict and specifically within within my family. We had a lot of conversations this week, emotional conversations about 
and, and, and it's been going since, since we got home from Thailand last March after the wedding. And, and, and I should say for people listening, my wife is first generation American. Her mom is from Thailand. Her dad is also Chinese Malaysian. Um, and so when we got back, there was just like an immediate concern of, oh, we're going to wear a mask to the grocery store. I, you know, I don't want to be attacked because of what I look like because I'm wearing a mask. And this was before mask wearing was fairly normal, even here in Seattle. And that anxiety has been high for the entire year about like what's happening. And as each case has come out in each story, and we had a really bad one here in Seattle a couple of weeks ago where uh, a man and woman were attacked with um, a, a, a stranger had a sock full of rocks and hit them in the face with uh, the rocks and just attacked them uh, in the international district. And so uh, that kind of that happened a couple of weeks ago, and this all this all has been snowballing into so so there's just a lot of anxiety and fear um, and a lot of conversations between her and I about uh, protecting ourselves, protecting her, making sure she feels comfortable. Um, and it was sad. There was definitely a grieving process to see like what is going on and. I, th I thought I went back and forth. Like, do I share these images? Do I not? Um, and in the end, I thought it was important to show that, you, you know, it, it, it ended up working out well to show these beautiful images of a beautiful moment in our traditional Thai wear and having uh, my Thai American wife and me being a white guy and kind of like how we combined our families. Right. Which I think is, it's just becoming more and more common to have these mixed race families. It's going to be normal. I can't like in 30 years, it's just going to be the common thing. And so I thought it was good to, while we're having a lot of messages being shared about um, white supremacy, specifically against um, the Asian community to show images uh, of something beautiful and showing love and compassion and family coming together um, and combining those two sides. Because I think a lot, uh, rightfully so, the narrative was splitting them apart right now. And so it was nice to share images of kind of going the opposite direction and showing like, hey, like there is still uh, beautiful things happening between these two racial communities. Um, and and yeah, it, it was special. It, it definitely uh, put an interesting light on the week. But uh, I'm growing so much being married to her and and experiencing all of these things. And and back even last summer while we were going uh, while the Black Lives Matter protests were going on, there there was so much conversation between her and I just about how she feels being a woman, being a woman of color, um, the Asian community. There, there were also there was lots of vandalism in the Seattle International District over the summer, uh, like the International District had more vandalism pretty much than any neighborhood that uh where else just because they're vulnerable and and they were attacked by people who just wanted to make damage and uh so there's just been a lot of learning for me uh having all these different conversations with lots of people whether it's you mr will traveled or with her um just learning different people's perspectives and, and seeing the world in a way that i hadn't seen before um and so i i'm hoping that i mean there's definitely personal growth um and i'm hoping all these conversations help others grow as well yeah that's that's beautiful actually i i i'm i'm glad that you're doing well i'm glad that your wife is doing well um 
I would I would like to say that I can imagine what it's like, but actually I know because uh, you know it's a very similar story to to mine, right? Where I am always deeply affected every time I hear um, about um, violence against uh, black folks, uh, particularly when there's um, you know someone who's unarmed and shot by the police. I always think about what if that's me? What if that's someone I know? Um, it's, it is very, it's very difficult. It's very stressful. So uh, I think the best thing that we can do is to continue to have these conversations and continue to support each, each other and, and really see the humanity in, 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 in everyone because we are not isolated in these incidents, right? This is these 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 things. They happen to all of us. So, I think that for me this week was that's sort of what I was reflecting on. That this this feels very familiar. I'm not Asian, but yes. I can see very clearly how it it's it has the same um, root cause. Yes, and it, and with that. I can understand and have great empathy for for anyone who is who is feeling um, the 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 stress, the anxiety, the frustration. I think, as we talked about it last year, it is the other virus that we live with every day, yes. right? We have we have our COVID nineteen pandemic, but uh, we also have a form of terrorism that we live with every day too. So our lives are busy, and sometimes we are only made aware when the most extreme case of violence rises to national news. Um, but it's there every day, and it's happening to individuals. And to your point earlier, there are a lot of cases that don't get reported, yes. perhaps perhaps more than, than, than actually get reported, right? Um, and so it's really important that we start to focus more of our attention, as uncomfortable as it might be, on trying to identify ways to address hate in our world. I totally agree. One of the silver linings that my reflections have been coming up on, uh, especially thinking like Wednesday was the big day on social media that this whole thing popped, right? All the companies were posting, every individual was, was sharing the hashtag. That's kind of inspired this conversation. Um, and, and there was a lot of grief happening on Wednesday. And, and maybe one of the silver linings, which which uh, when, when that was all happening, it, it reminded me of what happened over the summer, right? Especially when you're in social media and you see all of this grief and these people that are struggling, uh, people who are angry, um and and want to see change it i don't want to say it's nice because it's not the right word but but now reflecting on it i think that there it is positive change to see uh, what happened over the summer helped all of these messages get out this week right and so there is some change of narrative of showing the importance of when things happen like this to getting out there and speaking about it and um, getting people to understand and empathize who might not understand uh, about what it's like to be someone else, right? Or to look different and live in this country. And so uh, just, I, I think 
there is a sign of some progress, at least in, in a block of individuals who saw what happened over summer, saw those messages came out, felt empowered by what was happening in the community. And then something similar is happening now here. And I imagine that we are going to see more of moments or days like this that happen with other groups marginalized groups specifically to help elevate those voices and understand um, a, just a different perspective. And so um, I'm hoping that, there, you know, there, there's some some positive gain that are going to come out of this. And I think uh, when all these voices speak up and, and this pain is heard, it, it's going to be good for us in the end, at least for the people who listen. There was one more thing, Mr. Well Traveled. Yeah. Oh, go ahead if you had a thought. No, go right ahead. Uh, there, there's one more thing I thought it was important to bring up in this episode, and I didn't really talk to you about this before. Uh, but here in Seattle and or the state of Washington, we have our own very dark history of how we have treated the Asian American population uh, here specifically within our region. And I think it's so important to talk about uh, with this show. And, and what that is is uh, – Spring 1942, this is just after the bombing of Pearl Harbor and our really entry into World War II. And president at that time was Roosevelt. He signed the executive order 9066. And pretty much what this was, was there was 100,000 people of Japanese ancestry forced to go into some type of uh, internment camp, right? Because of the fear of them being spies for the Japanese government. And what's, what is in Tacoma are the, the fairgrounds, which hosts the Washington State Fair, also known as the Puyallup Fair for people here locally. That fairgrounds was the location um, that was turned in what was called, uh, which is a terrible name, called Camp Harmony. And Camp Harmony operated from April to October 1942 and almost 7,400 Japanese Americans lived in these shacks and horse stables um, and just terrible living conditions to corral all of the Asian Americans. Pretty much if you qualified to go into one of these camps, you had to be 1 16th Japanese. And they, so after the bombing of, of Pearl Harbor, Roosevelt pretty much just said, if you're 1 6th Japanese, we're taking you and we're putting you in this camp because we don't trust you. Um, and just an incredible injustice to Japanese Americans. And it was put like in this camp that we in Washington, like celebrate as like our big state fair. Um, and I just think it's really important to recognize uh, the internment of Japanese Americans. This is now 60 years ago, but here locally, like in our community. Uh, and what happened was, uh, they would be put in Camp Harmony, and then they'd be shipped out to one of some of the bigger camps that were in California, uh, Idaho, and Wyoming. And just like an ugly, ugly mark in our history. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, one of our listeners, Wendy Cato. She um, really educated me on this whole situation. I know she um, knows a lot about the history and, and is always sharing about it, and I've learned so much from sharing her. So thank you very much, Wendy, for just uh, – uh, continue putting that out. And I thought it was important to share here, like, you know, we, we, we have all of these justice messages going out, but we are not um, guiltless in what we've done as a society towards Asian Americans. And, and our history is also extremely dark on how we treated those people.
So thank you for sharing that. I did not know that history. I'm I'm sitting here just at a loss for words because I, I had no idea that that's how the state fairgrounds were used in Washington state. I've only ever heard about the big state fair every year. And I think, you know, you and I have once had a conversation, I think maybe via text around monuments, right? Yes. And this, this is, this is the type of thing, right? We, we decide we create monuments and we decide we create monuments in our society, or we decide where we're going to um, make sure that we remind people of history in our society in different ways. It could be a placard. It could be, um, you know, an actual museum or a program. And I, I, I recognize that that is lost um, in our society for a number of reasons, um, but it's something that we we need to be reminded of, not simply because it certainly could happen again if we're not reminded of it, but also because that is something that, you know, if, I, if I'm thinking about, you know, a plantation, for example, um, that's not a place that I wanna hang out because I understand the history and specifically as it relates to my ancestors. And I think if I didn't know, I would be in an environment, right, that would make me uncomfortable. And I would want to acknowledge at, at least the history if, if I'm gonna go to a place like that. And I've never been there, um, but um, I think that's important. And, and I appreciate Wendy for one, always being a listener who shares a post of every time she listens to an episode she posts about us. And I appreciate that. But also the fact that she's a listener who's also influencing um, our conversation and influencing our show. Um, that for me is exactly why we do this. And exactly why you and I have been having these conversations for, well, we've had conversations for a while, but since we started this show, the, you know, this is really the point. And it's about bringing people together. It's about having really important conversations. We have fun too, but it's also about really being forces for positive change through conversation and that has always been something I've appreciated about the fact that uh, we we are friends and that there's an extended now community around that 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 and so thanks Wendy and thank you Connor for uh, taking the time to educate me and educate our audience. Yeah, I'll link a, uh, another article as well in the notes if anyone's curious about diving more into that. But that's Executive Order. Nine zero six six. If you're if you're looking to Google it. So with that as a thought, um, you know, education definitely is one thing that we have the opportunity to to do. We we can educate ourselves, and oftentimes after these big um, incidents, we we hear a lot about what 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 are we going to do? What's next? And we talk a lot about solidarity. Solidarity is good, but we also need solutions. We also need to take yeah. action as individuals and collectively. So 
ed educating yourself, in increasing your knowledge, that's certainly something you can do as an individual. Um, but I also know that donations to the right organizations matter too. We've talked a lot about that. Um, and hashtag activism is one piece, but there's also the social action portion. And we know that within that, we are more powerful as a collective. Um, something I also noticed on your Instagram feed this week, you made a donation to an organization. I was wondering if you would be um, willing to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, one, one of the surprises um, that, that I noticed was it wasn't actually very easy to find organizations that were fighting against this cause. I was a little surprised by that um, at first, especially trying to under, cause I wanted to donate something locally and, and I was struggling to like find where those pieces were as time's gone on. There's definitely been more came out, but where I made my donation at the time was to stop AAPI hate.org. Uh, and they are based out of California and uh, their community stands, here's their message, our community stand united against racism, hate against Asian American Pacific Islander communities has risen during the COVID-19 pandemic and together we can stop it. And they are donating, are donating, distributing their resources to lots of different places, uh, whether it's education or activism to uh, address this issue. And so I donated this organization because, uh, you know, it stuck out to me and I thought it when when I read that a lot of these attacks were actually happening in California, it was like forty five percent of uh, that thirty eight hundred were in California. It, it, it shifted my mind. It was like I want to put some of my resources in that direction uh, just to, to help out. And then uh, some of the other things that I think I I would recommend or that I'm doing. I'm always a big advocate. Go support those businesses that represent those individuals because I mean that is my community one hundred percent. So. Uh, that's going to the international district and putting your dollars towards those businesses. They, they've needed it for the past year. So um, that is always a simple way that you can help out those, com those communities. The other thing is I think having these conversations are so important. And the, the big thing, or the, there's two things. One is reaching out specifically in this situation to your Asian friends and at least let them know that you're thinking about them right? You don't need to necessarily be a place for them to express their grief. They might not be comfortable doing that. that. That might not be the right way, but reach out to them. Let them know that you're thinking about them, that you care for them. Um, and if there is something that you can do for them, be there for them because they definitely need you in this time. Uh, but also be reaching out to your white friends. And uh, specifically, if you look more like me and having these conversations too, right? Because from a lot of these conversations we have, we know that the white community needs to take a lot of responsibility for making the change, right? Because the white supremacists, however many degrees of separation they are from someone like me, the conversations I have with those degrees away trickle down eventually, right? And, and it is brutal to say, but someone who looks like you is not going to change the white supremacist mind, right? Like, very rarely that conversation is going to happen. So where the conversation needs to be had are people who look like me between each other saying we need to speak up when we hear uh, these things. And I have ex experienced this this year in my family directly with um, hateful things that were said that weren't directly hateful, but they were ignorant to say in relation to uh, my wife and now my family and their race. 
And those you need to speak up on those things, right? Um, I have learned a lot of lessons about how do I communicate those things to my family when they say things that are inappropriate that I think are mostly based out of, out of ignorance, not necessarily hate, but uh, I'm, I'm learning to maybe not address those situations with anger like I did early on and, and having more um, mature conversations about why that's not appropriate, why that affects people. And uh, I've seen when, when it affects people within your direct circle, usually those messages are heard. And uh, it's those small little changes which make a difference, right? Because those people take those learning lessons and they pass it on whenever they encounter a scenario like that, whether in the workplace or out in public society. And having those little conversations are really, I think, important to create change. You said that beautifully. That couldn't have been said any better. I mean, so... I don't have anything else to say beyond that, other than I appreciate that message. I and I thank you for speaking up in that way. Um, so, yeah, that sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, yeah, it's 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 been quite quite the growth journey just for me, right? And and that's why yeah. th this show is, uh, you know, sometimes stressed me out. Like I, I was nervous about coming to comment. Like this, you know, when we have these heavy topics, it's like okay, like. You really got to try to put your ego aside and really like dive deep to see what the problem is. I mean, but that's why I enjoy doing this show is to kind of like unpeel some of those layers, right? There's there's the, the same reason why I thought it was good for to post about my wife and I and, and put our images up there together. Uh, same reason why I like doing the show with you, right? Like to have these conversations that are not easy uh, and not fun, but uh, require a, a level of, self-identification and understanding and um um yeah just just to get up here and say it and so i appreciate you uh just just listening and being supportive absolutely uh, well i know there's more that we could talk about today and and probably we will uh I, I wanted to ask you, you normally ask me if there's anything that, you, <laughs> any final words, anything to end on. But honestly, you know, this is one of those episodes where I, 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 I don't know that I have any, any real words because we are unfortunately going to have to keep having this conversation, yes. which is what I said about last summer when we got started with this podcast, that we will be having this conversation over and over and over again. And until we can get to a place where we're really addressing hate in our world. And we're very far from that place, unfortunately. So as, as much as, I, you know, the, the tendency in our in our culture is to end, end on a positive note, I, I think the, the positive note maybe for me right now is to say, this is about culture change. I mean, everything that we're talking about is about culture change. And what you've identified really is, is a systemic way to do that on an interpersonal level, that you are going to have these personal conversations and be very and be very conscious of your own biases, but then in finding ways to address that for yourself, but then finding ways to address that with people within your life. And that is constant work. It is stressful. It is hard. It takes a lot of time. It is not fun. But that is how we change the culture. That is how we recognize the humanity in people in our culture and, and define what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And I, I think 
most of us are pretty clear that what happened this week, what's been going on over the last year is not acceptable. And now it's about what are we going to do about that to 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 make a, a change for a more positive future. I do think a lot about that as well. You know, I, th I think a lot about the future and about what future generations will look back and say about the time that we lived in and what we what we have tried to do. So my hope here is that us having this conversation today and all of the millions of people around the world who are talking about change that they would like to see that that we will we will take those next steps to address uh, these the changes that we would like to see in leadership in our laws in our social structures and and as well is as, as in our uh, communities and our relationships so, so oh, that's uh, my thought uh, so here's my question <laughs> so how would you like to do you have any last thoughts as we as we wrap uh, the show today yeah these conversations are really difficult to have i understand one 100 of about going through them and, and it's going to be challenging for every person. Uh, the part that I keep coming back to is especially let, let's take this from, from my white perspective and to anyone who's white, who's listening and are, are struggling to have these conversations. These conversations are not as hard to have as it is to look like someone like Mr. Well-traveled and go out and deal with them directly to their face and deal with the direct hate towards their face. Right? Like it's, it's not as hard as that. And so uh, anytime I'm struggling to kind of move forward, I just think about like, I'm having a conversation and, and a lot of these conversations are about being helpful and kind of bringing people together. Uh, it's not the fear of going out and dealing with that because I don't deal with that fear for the most part. And so uh, that's always the thing I think about to kind of like shift my perspective on like, it's, it's not so bad to have these conversations. It's, it's going to do good. Was there a book you wanted to shout out? Uh, so on my timeline this week, there is, um, a PhD I follow and I noticed that he posted a book of one that I'm interested in reading. It's called the making of Asian America by Erica Lee. And it's the his history book. I haven't, haven't purchased it yet. So I, I don't know, uh, much about it, but there were some passages that he posted that really, uh, spoke to me, and it talked about the Trans-Pacific slave trip, and it, within that, that really got my attention because he was he highlighted that section, and he said, "Who knows about this? Who who learns about this in school? Who talks about this?" And I, and that really got my attention because as as we as we've talked about on this show, and as as we know in in, in the world that um, so much of uh, what we are dealing with today traces back to a very specific point in time where colonization arrived at, in, in, in this part of the world. And the movement of uh, people from Africa to this continent, um, not by their own choice, is, is a def the, the, the place where I could say we, we start with the majority of our social problems. And uh, to not know, I think, about how history has influenced what is happening this week, for me, I felt, felt like it was a gap 
And so when I saw this particular book being recommended, I thought to myself, this is one that I, I'm interested in and I, I want to read. Um, maybe I'll get the audio book because it's a pretty it's a pretty lengthy book. But um, I think part of the work that we all can do, as I mentioned before, is is really taking time to to learn more. And history teaches us a lot. So yeah. I always like to go with uh, high quality uh, historical literature. I will link that up in the show notes. So if you guys are interested, you can check that out. Well, Mr. Well-Traveled, I think this is the conclusion of another wonderful episode. You can follow him at Mr. Well-Traveled on Instagram. I am at Find Me in Seattle on Instagram. We thank you so much. If you like this, interested, you have someone who might be interested, please share it with them. Leave us a review. Anything you can to support the show. We deeply appreciate it. Mr. Well-Traveled, I appreciate you. Tyree, who's the producer on the back end, we appreciate you so much, Tyree. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you, everyone. We will see you in another two weeks for the next episode.